Hello, and welcome to Be My Mentor, a real estate podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all things real estate. You see, when I first got my real estate license, I knew there was a lot to learn, and the best way I knew to learn was to ask a lot of questions. In every episode, we have conversations with professionals that are in the field every day, from home inspectors, agents, mortgage lenders, and even photographers. So whether you're a future home buyer, homeowner, or a real estate agent, you're going to walk away with something practical and actionable. I can't wait to learn with you on this journey. Welcome to our very first podcast with Corey Brassfield from Brassfield Home Inspections. He's been inspecting homes for about three years and has about 1,500 homes to his name. It was a great conversation covering everything from what to expect in a home inspection, some of the most common things that need replacing in your home, and how a realtor can help their seller be better prepared to get the best offer for their home. If you are new to buying or selling, or are even an experienced real estate agent, there is something for everyone in this episode. Let's dive right in and welcome Corey Brassfield. So I kind of want to just talk about how you first got into home inspecting and just your story. Sure. Um, well, so I spent 20 years in IT and parts of it I loved, parts of it I hated. Um, the parts that were good, um, you know, I spent five years in Bermuda. Um, I did a lot of work that- Wait, what were you doing in Bermuda? Uh, data center work. Oh, yeah. you know, I worked for a lot of the reinsurance companies that uh, handle property casualty insurance. So, you know, that translated into a lot of what I'm doing now. But it was fun. Um, the work was challenging uh, at a time. And I was learning a lot. And that's, you know, that's always a good thing. But after a while, the job became the same, doing the same thing over and over again, and not really feeling like it mattered. And so I left, got out of it completely. Um, now, simultaneously for about 17, 18 years, my dad and I uh, did home repair and remodeling. So we did this in Atlanta and in Memphis, Tennessee, where I grew up prior. Um, but we did a lot of a lot of really cool project work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we took some, you know, mansions in Atlanta that were in foreclosure and completely gutted them and, and renovated them. Um, just kind of ridiculous work now when I look back on it because it was the two of us mm -hmm. and that was it. So it was fun. And the work was tangible and it mattered and it made a difference. Um, you know, and I missed that. I missed being a part of something that I could see tangible benefit to. And so I started looking potentially at getting my GC here. And then I started doing some research and I found out that there's like a GC on every street. <laughs> Florida, right? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was going to be able to make a real difference in mm -hmm. that. It was going to be doing a lot of handyman work. And, you know, I'm 45 now. So I didn't want to spend the next 10 years building something just to get to that point where I'm starting. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, 
So I was talking to my dad uh, about the whole situation, and he actually floated the idea with me of doing home inspection because they were in the middle of selling their house in Atlanta to move down here. And I looked into it, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it basically encapsulates all of the work that I've done over the past 30 years, um, you know, home improvement at home, uh, mm -hmm. little different projects, and huge projects. Uh, the schooling was great. I loved it. Uh, I spent about three months online for about 15 hours a day, um, just pouring through it. And, you know, thankfully, because I had the background, it wasn't that difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I jumped in both feet. Um, you know, it was a little rocky at first, you know, you know, as you're living off savings and the savings starts to dwindle, you, know, mm -hmm. you start questioning, you know, what am I doing? Am I insane? Um, but, you know, Jacqueline was a huge support. You know, she was still working full time as a teacher at that point. Um, and she just said, you know, I'd rather you be happy and us not to have a lot of money than for you to be miserable and us to have money in the bank. I don't know she was being honest or if she was just being hopeful but right, right. Um, no I understand that but it worked out yeah um, you know I joined uh, joined JTHS mm -hmm. uh, and that was really kind of the launch um, you know the, the amount of, of support that I got from you know various 100%. members was just huge yeah so you know so that was it so fast forward a couple of years and now I've got a couple of guys working for me we're starting another company uh, details on that later Okay. Um, but yeah, just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of right moves and a lot of luck. That's awesome. I know JTHS has been like, like I think it's sort of an under, it's an underrated association sometimes for this area. Oh, for I mean, sure. Miami, it's the, it's the thing, but for this area, it's underrated, but we're such a tight knit group that, I mean, the work you get from it can be tenfold. You know. It's not just the work, though. It's the relationship. Right, right. You know, I mean, that's the biggest benefit that I've gotten from it. Because mm -hmm. even people that that I would never have expected have referred tons of business to me. Um, you know, insurance agent relationships, private in, uh, private insurance adjusters, uh, mortgage companies. You know, stuff that I I didn't even know that 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 was an avenue. Um, they just call me out of the blue. You know, and a lot of it's just. Hey, I have somebody that's a friend or a friend of a friend that has questions. Can I patch them through to you? Mm -hmm. Sure. Who's been like the biggest support for you over there? <sighs> Bill Mate. Uh, Same here. I right? mean, without 100%, question. Yeah. Um, Bill, I think I had been with JTHS for a couple of weeks, and uh, he asked to talk to me about uh, about the Purple House. Uh, everybody over there knows what the Purple House is, and. Uh, there was an issue uh, mm -hmm. that he had had a couple of people look at and they weren't able to determine what it was. I got in there and within about 15 minutes gave him some recommendations and uh, we followed up and then, you know, ever since, you know, he's been referring business like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pretty much all of the agents in Paradise, whenever they ask him, you know, who do you want? He just gives them my number. So yeah. it's been a huge, huge blessing and he's a good guy. Right, right. When he calls, I'm like, I answer. Oh, of course. You know, <laughs> like of course. It happens every time. Oh, no, that's great. No, that's... Uh, so when you moved down, like, when did you move down to Florida and all of that? Was that... It's been a little over 10 years. Okay. What Did the general contractor, did that idea bring you down to Florida or was it something oh, else? Oh, no, no, no. I, uh, so 
Uh, I got word that uh, the U.S. portion of our insurance company, uh, which I was living in Atlanta at the time, uh, so the U.S. Uh, portion of our company had been sold to a company in Australia. And unfortunately, because I had two kids, unfortunately, from, the, from <laughs> their perspective, not from mine, uh, but because I had sole custody of both my sons, um, the uh, Bermudian government doesn't allow you to bring more than one child with you. Uh, so obviously you can't choose which child you're going to bring. Right. Um, so I didn't really have much of a choice. I was uh -huh. part of the sale. And so, you know, Australia just was not what I wanted it to be. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, great right. people, but the reality of leaving everything in, in behind and moving to Australia, it just didn't. It, it just didn't add up. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I stayed on with uh, uh, with the company uh, and helped them shut down a few offices: Dallas, uh, Atlanta, New York. And then, uh, once that was all done, I was kind of a free agent. And so, uh, I took what I thought was going to be a short-term uh, IT gig down here in West Palm. Um, you know, after the kids and I had driven the coast and decided that we really liked Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And so we were coming down here. And that ended up being the next almost three years of my life. Um, and one of the big reasons why I decided to get out of IT completely. Um, you know, it just, it, it basically, it encapsulated all the things that I disliked about the work. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so I, I left. It's interesting. Done. I actually have my degree in IT. I don't think I've used it once. <laughs> like, you know, it's funny. Um, I use it more than I ever thought that I would. And one of the reasons is, you know, when I started looking at inspection softwares, um, I wanted something high tech, you know, high tech, uh, mm -hmm. up to date, um, you know, with a lot of uh, quick moving parts and a, a really good development team. And so I talked to a lot of people and I ended up contacting some people that I knew. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of a crazy happenstance there, but uh, the software that I use is, you know, just amazing. You know, the, the team that's behind it is unbelievable. Um, you know, I can embed video into my reporting. You know, I can do all kinds of things. And so cool. they're so open that I just go, hey, I have off-the-wall idea about doing something, uh, like incorporating 360 cameras. Love that. Um, you know how much is it going to take to make that happen? You know, and they run with it. So That's amazing. Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, it's, yeah. it's important to have a team on that side that you can part, partner with because otherwise, you know, we're all putting out paper reports. Right, right. So, you know, I, I just got my real estate license, but, you know, I'm still doing the photo and video and, like, we also have kind of, you know, we have several platforms, you know, delivery platforms and stuff like that we can deliver and. I'm currently with this one company that's super open like that. Like their brand, and as you know, when they're new, they're a lot more flexible and agile, oh, yeah. right? And they're, you know, they want to do everything they can. And we just some super cool tools on there. And it, I, I love having good software to make my job easier for sure. Yeah. But so, you know, one of the themes, I guess, of the, the podcast, the title of it is Be My Mentor, right? So, brand new I'm, I'm brand new to real estate but i'm not completely brand new to the industry right because right. i've i hang out with realtors all the time and so my goal is to provide an 
a lot of value, like not only learning from you and learning from other industry professionals, but being able to pass this knowledge on to my buyers and on to my sellers. So maybe they're six months out, maybe they're a year out and they're looking for a home. And they're, and so what I wanna dive into is, um, first let's, let's break down what does a, home ins- a, a, a normal home inspection look like? What, okay. what can a buyer expect out of that? Or a seller too? Well, we've got a few different things. So one is if you are a first time home buyer, you're literally my favorite person to work with um, because you're scared. I know that. Like you are scared to death. This is a huge investment and you want to make sure you're making the right decisions. Um, that's one of the big reasons why I chose this um, is because it does make a genuine difference in somebody's life. Um, and the truth is if you get a bad home inspection report, um, and I don't mean the results of the report, I mean just a, a report where things were missed um, you know, we'll get into the other stuff later, but um, if you get something like that, you can end up making a bad decision because you just don't have all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of what my parents did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so our goal um, is to provide you as a as a home buyer with all of the available information at our fingers, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be able to put everything in your hands so that when you're making that final yes or no decision, you know, it's eyes an, wide it, open. It's an easier decision, right? To make, you know, um, you know. Then we also work with a lot of investors because you know Palm Beach Martin County. Um, and we have a ton of invest, investors uh, that call us from Virginia, New York, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, you know what? We're looking at buying, you know, this block of duplexes. Um, can you go check that out? Those are fun." You know, I mean, it's it's definitely different. Um, the expectation is way different. Um, what kind of what, what makes those expectations different? Well, so they're looking at it um, as an investment opportunity, not a place mm-hmm. where they want to live. Right. Right. So what you do with that is is you come in and you you basically give one report that is a complete overview, right, of the investment. Then you break down into individual units and you start talking about what's needed. Uh, either on an update basis, you know, uh, whether they have old appliances, holes in the walls, uh, uh, you know, roof leaks, stuff like that. Um, you know, you break that down on a case by case basis so that they can then take that back and look at the amount of money that they're going to need to put in and figure out what their ROI is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Bottom line. Yeah. Right. You know, because that's what they care about, right? Um, and it also depends on the area in which they invest. You know, if they're investing in higher end uh, places, which surprisingly we have a lot of higher end investment uh, down here. Um, you know, if they're buying a two million dollar investment property, uh, they want it to be a certain a certain criteria, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus if they're buying an apartment block, they go, okay, well we're going to rent these out for you know two thousand dollars a month. Uh, we can throw thirty thousand dollars at it get everything updated and then it'll be fine right mm-hmm. so it's just it's kind of that difference it's it spreads it's knowing, out the risk right but it's from my perspective it's it's knowing the expectation for the purchase is right. it is it home is it investment um and you know and if it's home is it a 15-year home is it home for the next couple of years and then you're going to turn it into a rental mm-hmm. you know because we have all that stuff down here um 
So really having the conversation with the buyer up front and understanding what their expectations for the property is determines a lot of what goes into our report. You know, you're mm -hmm. still going to get the base facts, you know, because right. the facts are the facts. But then we tailor a lot of it to the person that's actually buying. You know? Got it. Because some things a homeowner who's going to stay there for 15 years is going to care a lot more than an investor. Right. Right. Well, not only that, um, if, they're, if it's home, I ask them what their circumstances of life are. Do you have kids? Are you going to have kids? Is there a pool? Um, you know, <laughs> that's because, crazy. Because right. if there is, you know, there are certain things that I'm going to put into the report that I wouldn't necessarily put in, you know, for safety features and just general maintenance ideas, you know, things that you need to stay on top of mm -hmm. in order to make sure that your house doesn't have problems down, down the line. Um, you know, one of the big questions that I ask, and I, I'm constantly amazed that people don't expect me to ask this is, is anyone in your family disabled? Because if they are, and you're buying an older home, a lot of these homes don't meet ADA requirements. Mm. So, you know, you look at doorways, hallways, accessibility options for, you know, for bathrooms and kitchens, stuff like that. You know, and that's, that's stuff something that you I don't even in. think about. Right. You know, and a lot of people are just kind of blown away mm -hmm. because they think that they're going to get a very vanilla uh, inspection instead of something that's customized to their needs. Well, that's amazing. I know when we bought our condo uh, here in Chasewood North, um, I remember everything just being such a blur. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we had a home inspector that was referred to us and he did a good job, but it just, I don't even remember any of it. We were just like, and I think that was, that's to your point, a lot of fear and a lot of unknowns with home buying. Like, we're trying to figure out the mortgage process. Yeah. Like we can't understand half of what this says. And even though there's the sheet that's supposed to explain everything. <laughs> and uh, no, that's amazing. I, I think that being able to provide that level of service for, for especially first time home buyers or even investors is, is, is pretty amazing. So let's say I'm a new home buyer. Mm -hmm. You show up at my house, what goes on from there? So first thing that we do is we start talking about the home, right? We've already kind of broken ground on that. Right. Then we start talking about where are you moving from? Do you have any baggage that's coming with you? You know, have you had electrical problems? Have you had plumbing problems? Uh, did you have a roof leak in your old home? Because if you have, those are the things that you're going to be most scared about in your new home. Right. So those are the things that I try to make sure that, you know, when we're going through the overview, we hit each one of those points. Um, you know, we're going to hit it anyway, mm -hmm. but I want you to hear what I have to say. So I'm going to hit those points first. Right? You're managing expectations by getting ahead of the game, right? That's it. Um, and then, you know, uh, typically you'll have, you know, on a house that's under 2,500 square feet, you're going to have one inspector. Uh, anything over, you're going to have two, three inspectors, uh, depending on obviously the square footage. But basically what we do is we separate the outside from the inside. Um, we're going to do a complete overview of the outside. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to look at, you know, the accessible foundation. We're going to look at uh, the wall covering, you know, if it's wood, stucco, brick, whatever. We're going to look for settlement cracks. We're going to look for potential foundation issues. Um, wood rot, wood rot's a big one. Um, and then we're going to look at all of the windows, all the doors. Uh, check to see if there's rot uh, or just deterioration of any type uh, in the door frame and the window frames. What a lot of people don't know 
is you know these uh, these inset windows that we have because we have so much concrete block uh, construction inset windows like you'll get a settlement crack in the corner of the window and left by itself over time that thing's a wick you end up with so much water coming in just from that little crack because water goes anywhere it can mm -hmm. and so so we're gonna look at that we're gonna look to make sure that everything's properly sealed then we head into the garage check out all your mechanicals uh, make sure that you don't have any issues with AC water heater uh, you know laundry all those kinds of things uh, and then from that point you know we usually head inside uh, where we check out the kitchen bathrooms uh, run the water for you know 20 25 minutes uh, make sure that you have steady hot water make sure that you don't have any drainage issues uh, we look at all the plumbing we look at all of the piping because uh, we want to know do you have coppers uh, do you have PEX, do you have polybutylene piping? That's if what you, we have in ours. If you it's, have, if you have it's poly, not good. it is not it's good. Not good. <laughs> it is not good. Um, you know, but the funny thing is, people freak out over it, but these houses have been in place for 30, 35, 40 years with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, so to me, it's not a deal breaker necessarily. It's just, hey, you know what? You have polybutylene, you need to know it. Here's the history. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's going to cost anywhere between, you know, eight and forty thousand dollars generally to replace it. Um, and at a certain point, you're probably not going to be able to sell this house if you have it. Ooh. So, <laughs> not without getting it replaced. What's the lifespan on that? Like, what's the what's the year where you're like, eh, like maybe you should not? Well, see, that's the thing. There's not really so. Polybutylene got a, got a really bad rap um, because of temperature fluctuations. Mm -hmm. So at, with expansion and contraction, uh, what you would have is the joints uh, would crack and you'd end up with slow leaks before you know it, water's everywhere. Um, down here, because we don't have the extreme temperature fluctuations, mm. you don't really have that problem as much. What you do have though is people overloading under their sinks and cabinets um, and they end up pressing a lot of stuff in against the piping, and it breaks. Would you consider it like more brittle then? It's oh like yeah, a, right. Okay, because it dries out. Got it. And that's the impression that I got. So we remodeled our kitchen recently, mm -hmm. and <laughs> I, we were messing with piping, and I did not turn off the main water. Mm. Just stupid, right? Um, but yeah, I broke off, and you've never seen someone run so quick to the main water <laughs> to turn it off, like. There was water. Like, it wasn't a ton. Like, it was oh, a no. good amount of water, but, like, and so we've definitely had a few issues in our condo with, with that piping because we had, we had a slow leak in our bathtub that was leaking into our neighbors downstairs. Mm. And I didn't know at the time that the association actually takes care of any leaks within the walls, oh. at least within our association. So if the leak happens inside the walls, they take care of any insurance issues nice. with that. I didn't know that, so like I ended up, me and my friend ended up like replacing her sheetrock downstairs ourselves because we didn't want to like claim on insurance because it wasn't that big of a leak. It was yeah. just enough, and she never used you know the bathroom below or whatever. So, anyways, like we've had our experience with poly, I don't can't even say it. Polybutylene. Polybutylene. So I imagine our next house that will be like one of the number one questions. Be like, does yeah. it have polybutylene? And like, how old is the house? Like all of those questions. And that um, that confirms my point. Right. 
it's all about your experience. You're going to bring that experience with you into every every purchase uh-huh. you ever make, you know, um, because it's a fear thing. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, once we move past the piping, mm-hmm. right, we get into the kitchen, we check all your appliances, make sure everything works, uh, make sure that it's not at, at or near the end of its manufacturer's life. Um, you know, and then we look, look around, you know, um, we look for any signs of any uh, potential moisture intrusion, walls and the ceiling. Um, we look for bad floor work. You'd be surprised how often um, people have had their floors replaced and the, the, the work that was done is just not up to standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then from there, I usually head into the attic, um, you know, save the best for last. Uh, make sure the sheathing looks good. Um, make sure that you have enough insulation. Uh, you know, ventilation. Uh, ventilation is a huge thing. Um, if you have an air handler mounted uh, in the ceiling, which a lot of people do in the attic, um, you know, we look for signs of microbial growth, mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then we just check to make sure that your airflow is solid. Um, then, last but not least, we do the roof. You know, um, I've got uh, a couple of drones uh, I'm that, I, about this. that I like to use. Um, I've got a Mavic Mini now. Uh, awesome. I love that thing. I would like to get one, but <laughs> I yeah, go ahead. Um, but yeah, so you know, so I try not to walk a roof anymore unless I absolutely have to. Um, some of them you just have to. Uh, mm-hmm. There's too many nooks and crannies uh, to be able to get a good view. Uh, but you know, your standard roof. Is, uh, is easily accessible. So, uh, yeah, take all the eye in the sky, blow up all the photos at home, and uh, note any cracks or problems in the roof covering. Then That's you, pretty cool. Then you put it out. Um, the only reason I don't have the, is the Mavic Air, right? What? It's the Mavic Air you said you had? Mavic Mini. The Mavic Mini, the Mavic Mini. I think the only reason, other than I don't, I, I'm not ready for a new drone yet, is, uh, it's because when, when I do take photos with my with my photography company, like sometimes I'll get in these high rises, mm-hmm. right? And even with the RC connection, the radio connection, I'll lose signal sometimes behind those big buildings. Yep. And with the mini just being Wi-Fi, it's just Wi-Fi, right? Or does it have the RC? So it has both. Does it have both? Okay. Yeah. That's something to consider then. I have taken, sure. uh, so I before I did anything else, I took uh-huh. it on a test flight, right? So I live across the street from Jonathan Dickinson. Okay. I took it all the way out to Jupiter Island, standing in my driveway. How many miles is that? Four. Four? Scott, wow, that's I amazing. took it all the way there, and then I did a big loop from, from that point all the way around uh, two, three miles into, uh, into the park, and then all the way north and then back around. And wow. I still had 50% of my battery left. That's you know, crazy. And that was like a 12-minute flight. Wow, so I don't think I've been brave enough to take it that far yet. Yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, whenever you know, I cannot take it. I can go, like I can go behind a big high rise. I think it's the high rises that give me problems because that I'll I'll be really close. I'll be within like six hundred feet, mm-hmm. and I'll still have issues because all that cement and all the oh sure everything just conflicts with it, right? So I love flying drones, though. It's one of my one of my favorite things to do. It is fun. <laughs> It's a blast, and everyone gets uh, everyone like ninety five percent of the people think it's cool. Yeah. And then you got another five percent like, "What are you doing in my?" <laughs> I've had a, I've had a couple threats. 
but uh, yeah, I've I've had mine dive bombed by a couple of angry birds. <laughs> um, yeah, I've gotten close. I was down at Vizcaya doing a shoot down in Miami, and they got that. I don't know if you've ever been to Vizcaya, but it's this beautiful like really old boat or something. I don't know. It's some kind of structure, and I should know more about it, but I don't. And I was flying it on one day, flying it one day, and just like I don't know, 200 birds were just up in the sky with me. I have the footage, and it's just like it's amazing. But I did, I didn't get, I didn't get taken down. This concludes part one of our interview with Corey Brassfield. Join us for part two in our next episode of Be My Mentor, a real estate podcast. Thank you for joining me this week on Be My Mentor, a real estate podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, if you have any questions for me about real estate, send me a message over on Instagram or Facebook at brandon.myrealtor. Thanks so much. Until next time.